0: Hey, everybody, it's Corey Mosley, and this is the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Strategy, testimony, and real talk for all things entrepreneurship, and it starts right now. Hello, 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 hello. We are back for another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Yes. This is the place where you're getting information, you're hearing from leaders, you're hearing from people who are making it happen, they're sharing their stories, they're talking about their successes, their failures, all with one mission in mind to make you a better entrepreneur and business owner and I have to tell you today's show is no different. I've got a I've got a real baller. We call we use the word baller out here. I got a I got a real baller. I'm bringing on somebody today who not only has had multiple or has had one successful company or two successful companies. I think this is when you start talking about serial entrepreneurship. You know, people hear about the the term serial entrepreneurship out there and you think about someone who simply finds these markets, finds these opportunities, catches fire, catches a wave, and you know does some things right along the way and is able to uh, then move on to the next thing. And that's my guest today. He's none other than Jim Fitzpatrick. Now, he's a 25-year veteran of the retail automotive industry, but what's really interesting is he actually owned his own dealership by the age of 40, which is pretty remarkable. He additionally held some executive positions with companies like AutoNation that you would all recognize. But most interestingly, he went on after owning the dealership to found Force Marketing, which became one of the biggest digital marketing companies serving the automotive retail space. He didn't stop there. So you would think, hey, I got my car dealership. That should be good enough. Oh, wait, hey, I've got my uh, digital marketing firm that's on fire and doing business all over the country. That should be good enough. Nope, that wasn't good enough yet. (laughs) He went on now most recently with his wife and partner, Bridget, to form JBF Business Media, which is now operating two leading digital TV networks, including CBT News and the Atlanta Small Business Network. I'm exhausted just saying it. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you
1: for having me, Corey. I am so excited to be on with you today. I uh, completely admire you and the work that you're doing. And I know that all of your listeners are going to get a lot out of today's show. You are. Uh, an inspiration to so many entrepreneurs out there. And I'm happy that you chose me to be on your show with you. Man, I really appreciate it. And, you
0: know, we've been working together, I think
1: going on five,
0: uh, somewhere between five, six, seven years. That's, um, that's right. I think, yeah, I think easy. I mean, for those, for obviously, for the audience doesn't know, you know, Jim was one of the first places where I was able to do more TV, more exposure from that standpoint in hosting a show on his network. And, and, and you know, still to this day, we just completed a, a special uh, series that we co-produced together um, on diversity, you know, as it relates to the automotive industry. So we have this great working relationship. And what's interesting is I've been able to see just kind of your eye at looking at where markets are going and things are happening because you started with one network and then you saw some other opportunities and this need, which, which fundamentally is entrepreneurship, right? I, I, when I'm asked that question, I talk about the analogy that, you know, a small business owner, he will, you know, get a subway and then he will, you know, own and run his subway and, you know, take care of his family and run his business. And he could do that for 30 years. An entrepreneur, right gets the subway and he says okay great you know subway's just got sandwiches you know what this town needs it needs a pizza place and then he goes and opens the pizza place and then he says you know what we got sub sandwiches we got pizza you know what this shopping center needs now it needs an ice cream parlor and he opens that right that becomes that fundamental difference and i think when i was just looking at your you know you're reading your intro and your resume you have this spirit of Entrepreneurship. What's the next mountain to conquer? What's the next problem to solve? Tell me about your philosophy over your career at taking on these challenges, which were really startup after startup after startup, because you and I both know it's bad enough starting one deal and taking the bumps and the bruises along the way. Um, you just kind of seem to have an appetite for going after that. Tell us a little bit about your kind of background and philosophy and approach to that.
1: Well, I think it's to not be afraid and never give up. And then if you Mm. put those two things together, then you have a winning combination. And let me just say that some of the great, thank you by the way, for the great opening, it makes me sound like a great entrepreneur, but behind (laughs) every one of those companies that you mentioned, there were three or four failures. There were companies that I invested in or partnered in or opened up and said, Oh, the market needs this and I'm going to conquer the world and I'm going to make millions. And you know what? No, it didn't. It didn't, it didn't work out that way, but it shouldn't take the entrepreneur and put them on the couch forever. It should have, uh, you know, that entrepreneur to, to, to tweak, tweak the plan, you know, pivot a little like we're, like we're doing here in the last eight months since COVID every company Mm -hmm. out there is pivoting. And I love it because entrepreneurs are, are born pivoters, right? So, right. uh, so yeah, I've had some successes in my life that I'm very proud of. But let me tell you, those, that is built on a stack of, I don't want to say failures because a failure is only when you, you know, you don't get back up again, mm. but a, a stack of other types of businesses that didn't work out so successfully for me. So, yeah. I, and I think that's a, that's an important takeaway.
0: So I I have something I talk about called the Kenny Rogers principle, right? And uh, uh, RIP to Kenny Rogers. Um, And it's obviously based on the song, The Gambler. And I say, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs or small business owners, they will will just take their idea over the cliff and – they, they they're they not listening to the Kenny Rogers principle, right? Which is the no one to hold them, no one to fold them, no one to walk away, no one to run. How do you, how have you looked at and, and as you look at your career, and even from an advice standpoint, how do you look at a scenario where an entrepreneur needs to know, how do you know when it's time to exit or uh, whether exit on a high or, or something's not working because, I talk to entrepreneur, I, I probably I talk to at least 20 entrepreneurs a week in our program, in terms of prospects or people that may be prospects for joining our program. And I will hear them talk with so much passion. But a lot of times, it's just a bad idea. And I think people <laughs> become right, people become clouded by their idea. And the mind then takes over and convinces them that no matter what, the idea is bad. But the market, is telling you, you know, because they're not buying your product or service, they're not calling you, they're not showing interest. Sometimes the market is telling you. So how does an entrepreneur, how should an entrepreneur know, hey, now it's time to pack it in, regroup, reinvent, do something else.
1: What's your advice uh for for people out there? Boy, that that is a very, very good question and a very, very difficult question to answer. Mm. You know, to the listeners, because everybody, I think everyone has a different mechanism in, the, in themselves that says, OK, I, I think it's time that I don't spend good money after bad, because obviously at the end of the day, there's a lot of reasons as to why somebody is at that point. Is it, is it, right. Are they there because the money's not coming in the front door and therefore you're saying, hey, wait a minute, I don't, I don't know if, I'm, if I, this idea is a really good idea. Or is it that there's no money at all in the bank to even pay your payroll or to pay your rent to go on another day? Sometimes we're put in that situation. We got to make that decision to go. I really don't have a choice. So before it gets to that point, you should be taking a look at your business on a daily, almost an hourly basis to make sure that you're in line Mm -hmm. with the market, that your pricing is such, you still have a passion for what you do and the people around you are supporting that. Because as we all know, as entrepreneurs, we'll go through those days and go, oh, we had kind of a tough day, and all of a sudden a tough day turns into a a, a tough week. And what happens, your spouse comes in, husband or wife, this isn't a male or female thing, but your spouse Mm -hmm. comes in and goes, you know, honey, maybe it's time to get a real job. It's been a week now. You didn't close a deal. Okay. And then all of a sudden your friends, you know, you're having a beer with your buddy. You're hey, man, listen, maybe it's time to, you know, Pack it in and go to work. Right. Go back into the industry that you came from because they're they're mm-hmm. hiring, you know, and that you can make <laughs> right. eight grand in a year. You're going to have all of these elements coming out at you as an entrepreneur, especially if you're a talented one. But it takes that person that's got perseverance and says, no, 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 I'm not listening to all of that 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 noise right now. What I want right. to focus on is how to take my business and make it profitable from where I am right here at this point. You don't have to start over in most cases, you don't have to rebuild your widget, you just gotta pivot, you gotta take a look at it, and then make a true decision to yourself without the, without the noise coming into you, and, and you'll get that in a very big right. way. There's people that don't want you to, to, to even do what you're doing, and then mm-hmm. there's people out there that can't wait for you to have a little bump in the road. Cause then they go, right. told you so. Okay. You should have li- listened, to me. And you, you, everybody right. listening has those people in their lives and they've got to keep those people in check because yep. there's so many people, you know, when you talk to, uh, or when you, when you, when you listen, um, you know, to, to Steve jobs, you know, or you listen to Bill Gates, or you listen to so many others that have gone on to so hugely Michael Dell, or, you know, even outside the tech world, where a million people told them, what are you, what are you crazy? You're working in a garage, you don't have any mm. money. You're, you're, who's gonna buy a right, personal computer right. for guys? We don't That's need right. them in this country. So you can imagine if those incredible entrepreneurs and, and geniuses, you know, gave in because their mother or their spouse or their kid or whatever, and said, hey man, you know, I think it's time. No, it's not time. Only you decide when it's time. And and I would ask all of your viewers to, to make sure that you're true to yourself. If you've completely given up on, the, on your idea and you completely have said, hey, there's no pivoting, there's no market for this out there, for my wish. Right. You know, or my or the competition blew me away so yeah maybe it's time to, to to recoil and say let me let me take another look at this or what what's going to be my next venture but go do that next venture don't don't give in and say oh yeah you're right let me go let me go make my spouse comfortable or my my mother or father comfortable or maybe you know some of my friends and get a job. you know what I mean right. that's that right. huge mistake you're only going to regret it later as an entrepreneur listen, you're either an entrepreneur or you're somebody that wants a job, but, but the, the two just don't go hand in hand. Now you might be an entrepreneur that has a job for a little while, but right. you know, in your heart of hearts, you're dying yep. to be your own, your own boss. Yeah. So Less uh, Les Brown
0: calls it, that. Les Brown calls that not mentally fit to work for anybody else.
1: That's exactly. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Les is right on that. A great, great, great guy. I listen to him all the time. <laughs> so, um, and he's, and he's exactly right. Which by the way, it's funny, little fun fact here. Kenny Rogers, yeah. Before he just passed away, uh, great guy lived three houses down from me in my uh, in, in my uh, my community here in Atlanta. Great guy, phenomenal wife. Uh, his he has got two uh, uh, twin boys. I think he's got more kids, but the two twin boys lived at his house and it was we sorry to see him go. But it was funny. Out of all the people that you mentioned, uh, Kenny Rogers yeah. uh, was was a neighbor and a great guy. Well, folks, I should also tell you
0: I did use the word baller when I started the show. So if <laughs> it, it, so, by the way. Uh, it, like,
1: another, like, another fun fact in, in our community, uh, right down the, on the other side of the block, was Jeff Foxworthy. So I live in a pretty cool development. I don't know how I got in there, believe me. You know, there's 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 ballers in there. I'm not one of them.
0: Well, I, I was getting ready. So so funny you bring that up because I was getting ready to say, like Jim Foxworthy says, you might, you know, he has the, you might be a redneck. You might be a baller if your
1: neighbor is Kenny Rogers. It used to be Kenny Rogers. <laughs> I right? don't so, think so. <laughs> I'm a no. wannabe baller. I, so I just, you know, I, and by the yeah. way, I should say this living in this subdivision uh which which is, is it's called country club of the south in, in atlanta it's in uh alpharetta georgia and it was one of these places that i would drive by and all of you entrepreneurs know what i'm talking about here but i drive by and go that's the place to live i gotta get in there i moved to atlanta 25 years ago and drove by this subdivision big gates and guards and the whole deal look like uh it looked like some kind of camp that, you know, you're not supposed to go into. But um, I'm like, oh, I got to live in there because it's so exclusive. And, you know, that, that's, where, that's where the ballers live. So got I it. always thought myself and my father told me a long time ago, be around the five people that you want to be around. They all need to be better than you in every aspect, mm-hmm. whether it be finances, whether it be intelligence, whatever it is. You know, if you look around at your friends and you're the smartest, you're the richest, you're the best, you're the most outgoing, you bring yeah. the most to the party, you're always the you one new group. Positive, you are in the wrong group, folks. Yeah. Get the hell yeah. out of that group because they're only bringing you down. So I, I said, if I can just get in there into that community, and I did. I squeezed in. You know, you know those people that squeeze into a development. I like, have that guy get in here. I, I was that guy seven years ago. No,
0: no granite. No granite in the guest room. We'll just shave off a few dollars uh, uh, there. You know, you know, we don't need granite over here, and we don't need
1: this extra lighting
0: package. So that's right.
1: Right. When your friend says no, just bring the tennis racket. We have the court. You go. Oh, man. I, I, can't, I can't compete. <laughs>
0: Well, listen. You were making uh, you made a ton of good points, and, and folks, this is also when you when you are interviewing a guy who interviews people all day long for a living. You is, there's this jockeying that goes on between uh, who's in control of the <laughs> interview. Right. I want to
2: take
1: over. Uh,
0: <laughs> so you were saying something interesting. A couple points that came out of there, and I thought that was excellent. Some excellent points, and it made me think of. I have one of my courses is is called the Thirty Three Rules, and one of my rules is. Uh, educated people can be wrong so when you were making that point you know the the steve jobs reference the fundamentally we can plug in anything right i mean Redbox, netflix all exist because blockbuster laughed at the idea of people going to the grocery store and getting dvds from the from a machine and people laughed at the idea of people getting dvds and blu-rays and and now ultimately streaming uh Those were corporate executives at the big companies that were supposed to be so smart and so educated that scoffed at those ideas. The personal computer is here because, right, Hewlett-Packard told Steve Wozniak, hey— nobody wants that crap go ahead and do whatever you want to do and Microsoft exists because IBM said who cares about the software the money's in the computers right all right. those pivotal moments so you have this thing where, where those people can be wrong and it made me think of it and I think that's an excellent point for people to consider about how they qualify advice now what I really wanted to know I want to step back for a second because um, and you know it kind of got glossed over in the intro but how do you become the owner of a uh, dealership, a Toyota dealership, none other than at 40 years old? Because I'm 40 now and I don't own a car dealership, and nobody is offering
2: so me here, one. The so, the reality tell,
1: is, tell is me. that, in, yeah, the reality is is that is that not many people get up in the morning, you know, or, or I should say, leave college and go, son of a bitch, I want to go sell cars. Okay, <laughs> right. it just it's, it's just a reality of the industry that you can get into the industry. I didn't I didn't finish college. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. Just I I guess my ADD or whatever, I just couldn't make it through. I wanted to get on being an entrepreneur and didn't feel I had to finish college. But nevertheless, um, what I want to say about that is that the auto industry, as you know, is a very, very easy industry to get into because of the need for so many people, the huge turnover, 75%. It's an easy industry to get into. It's even an easier industry to thrive and and really, you know, float right to the top. If you can sell a bunch of cars and you get along with people, all of a sudden, in, in no time at all, you're a manager. Well, if you're a good manager, you become a general manager in the business. Very quickly, I was a general manager in four years in the industry. I was 22 years old, and I was a GM of a, of a little, you know, store uh, in Southeast Florida. And um, and from there, all of a sudden, you start getting noticed. Like, wow, who's this, who's this guy or who's this kid in my case? running out and you know managing a car dealership so young i made a t- ton of mistakes you know the whole deal but nevertheless right. i had that position early on and then went to work for uh, a number of different dealerships and gm positions and kind of built the name for myself and what have you and then went you know went to work for auto nation uh, at 30 uh, 35 years old and uh, then at auto nation was a gm of their one of their big huge car mega stores From were you there, there when marcus noticed, limonis was there Marcus Lemonis and I were friends. We worked at, uh, he managed one dealership in South Florida. I managed the Atlanta store and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Great guy. About that? Uh, he is totally, uh, you know, entitled to all of his success. He's a very hardworking guy. And again, a great, great guy. So long story longer here, they noticed, wow, I've got the gift for gab and I know how to motivate people and train people, sales mm. people. So they promoted me to the national sales training director for AutoNation. Okay. okay. This is, uh, in, the, in about, uh, two, or in, in 1998. Um, and I spent two or three years, you know, of my time and at, at the executive headquarters there in uh, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida for auto nation traveled around the country with them and such. And, uh, and then, you know, got an offer to manage a Toyota dealership. And the offer was if you can hit certain sales goals with this mm. store that was underperforming, we're going to make you a partner in the deal. Okay. Mm. Great. No money out of my pocket, just hard work. And I think that this is, this is very worth, um, noting here that I had zero dollars, two kids in college, no money really to speak of. I'm one of those guys that if I make $100,000 a year, I live like I'm making $300,000 a year. You right. guys know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> right. Everyone listening. So they didn't have a lot of cash, you know, so they said, no, here's our deal. We'll make you a partner, a full-fledged partner, but you got to turn this store around. So I'm thinking, wow, what an opportunity this is for me to come in, turn the store around, and become a partner. And then I became the managing partner, uh, vice president, general manager of the dealership with a with a piece of the action. So right. there now all of a sudden I'm a car dealer. I'm the dealer principal, and uh, very excited to do that. I will tell you this, and and, and the way that that ended up uh, a few years later was, you know, because of my nature, I want to. I'm a control freak. I want to run things. I want to go big my partners, my limited partners said, Hey, 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 you're getting a little crazy here. You know, we, we, we don't really want to do some of the things you're talking about. I want to blow it out of the water. I wanted to up the ad budget. I want to do this. I want to do that. They came to me and said, Hey, listen, um, you know, we're, we're thinking this partnership isn't working out too well. You're, you're going to go in one direction and we, we, we want to go in a different direction and what have you, I want to buy other dealerships. I was going for it. Right? right. Right. They said, yeah, no, 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 that's not what we're thinking. Right. Which, which I respect. They said, we want to give you a check and get you the hell out of here. Right. I'm devastated. <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> So uh, but nevertheless I took my check and I said okay great. Uh, this this put Now what do you, what do you think what what, what do you think was that a situation where
0: there was just a, a different alignment your just your young energy about expansion and things just became kind of distasteful in a way to them or, or you guys just became out of alignment on on what the future looked like? What do you think prompted that?
1: It's exactly what it was. I w- here here's and, and probably some of you guys can and, and girls can li- and understand this I was pushing the limits of the people in the store. I had complete control over them, but I was pushing them. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't. We're not going to do 150 cars a month. We're going to do 250 cars a month, and I'm going to show you how we're going to get there. Well, lo and behold, with all the old timers that were there, because there were people there that were 15-year, 20-year, 22-year employees, they make their way to my partners. And all of a sudden, my partners start listening to the very people that are supposed to be reporting to me. Okay. This happens mm. in every company. So all, right. all of a sudden it was Jim's making too many big waves here and bigger, big changes that, that are disrupting our personal objectives and, and, and yes. what we want what we want to do. And then this happens in every business, you know, probably sure. happens in businesses that I have partnerships in today, but, but if that's the case and you can't beat that wave, you got to move on and be that entrepreneur that you know you can be. So, so um, so so, go, so, so
0: now, so, uh, okay so you get you you get your check i'm gonna uh, this is the this is the uh, uh interviewer's uh, pr- privilege here so i'm gonna I'm, yep. I'm putting fast forward so you get your yep. you get your check they're like this kid's all over the place he's i mean you're a grown man at the time but you know it, the, probably younger than your other partners in, in terms of yeah. what their vision is so hey <laughs> we're gonna cash you out thanks for all the hard work now now you get this crazy idea that you want to have a marketing company
1: yeah. And it really, you know, it really came out of the, there's two ways to increase the, the volume in a dealership. One is through marketing and one is through sales training. You're not It's the only way to do it. Either more people in the store or close more of the people that come in the store. It's the only two ways you can do that. So right. I, my, my kind of my niche was to uh, focus on those two areas, one of which was marketing. So I did a really cool marketing. I've kind of proved, you know, to the market that I had a, a knack for that. Lo and behold, a guy calls me after I left the dealership with my check and he said, Hey, in the meantime, why don't you handle my marketing? Because you were killing it against me. It was a competitor, and I'm like, yeah, no problem. Be happy to help you. And, that, and then he's like, dude, you need to do this. This, this is this is what right. you need to do. 18,000 car dealerships, and they all need your services. So long, lo and behold, forced marketing was born. And um, at that at that same time, my son and daughter, uh, you know, came were coming out of college. Specifically, my son at the time and and uh, and he's like, let's let's go for this, you know. And uh, mm. he's got kind of the same energy. So does my daughter. And uh, and we attacked it. So today, Force Marketing is is run by John, my son, who's the CEO. My daughter, who's the COO you know, the company will do $60 million. It's got a hundred employees. I'm so proud of the job that they've done. Believe me, it, it grew like wildfire under their direction, not mine. Um, right. and as a father, many times they, I'd say, eh, I don't know if we want to do that. And they're like, shut up. We're doing it. I'm like, okay, totally respect, <laughs> that. Totally respect that. That's what I would yeah, have said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they really so, have done an incredible job.
0: So, so let me ask you. So Ryan holiday, uh, selling author, he's got, you know, one of his many books was one entitled ego is the enemy. And I'm curious, What's your thoughts on how ego affects business decisions, affects business owners, um, entrepreneurs, whether in back to that original point about knowing when to, you know, knowing when to pack it up, knowing when to change or like versus dying on the hill. And then also egos effect on being open to hear ideas that aren't your own. We all know that person or all potentially have worked for that person or, or there might be a listener right now that is working for that person that you know what is not a great idea unless it's so-and-so's idea, right? So yep. how do you, what are your thoughts on on where ego maybe belongs or doesn't belong in in, in building a business or at the entrepreneurship level, particularly where you have teams and you're working with people and, and people are, you know,
1: uh, accountable to you as their leader. This is such, well, this is a whole show, Corey, as you know, onto it. <laughs> I don't, and I'll answer yeah. the best way I can, the quickest way to know how, I just fire the people. No, I'm just kidding. But, but, but <laughs> I don't like that idea. You're fine. But really at the end of the day, it is such a great, great question that you that you bring up because as entrepreneurs and everybody knows if they're listening, they're entrepreneurs, they're business owners, you know you are all like this where you're like, no, no, no. I know this business. I have a passion for it. I have my entire family's fortune tied up in it. So for you, uh, sir, or Missy, to march in my office and say that you think we should do X, Y, and Z, you know, how dare you? I've got all the best ideas. This is my show. You know, I am the head of the three ring circus here, good or bad. And it's such a mistake that business owners make. I make it, I might make it every day. And uh, mm. because I've got a great talented staff here that sometimes I don't trust enough that, and, and my wife, who's my partner will tell me that she's like, you know, you, Hey, dumbass. you know, if I can say that on, on this, you know, <laughs> d- if you listen to the people that you're paying top dollar for, and you listen to their advice, we could have avoided this Pitfall, or we could have avoided this from happening, but it's got to be, you know, your way or the highway. I hope at the age of 58 years old, I've changed my ways and I am much more open to that. But here's one of the other things that comes out of that. And this is an unfortunate situation because of the people that work for you. If in the event you go to the, in the conference room and say, Hey, we're going to board up this idea. I want to get everybody's input. We've all had those meetings and we go mm-hmm. around the conference table and a guy, and somebody says, we should do this with that. We should do that with this and we should do this with that. And you're boarding them all up. Right. And then you, at the end of the day, you look at them, you digest them, you think about them, and you don't use any of them because you still feel as though your idea is probably the best. Mm. It's unfortunate because your people will, in a lot of cases, take away from that, that it doesn't matter what you think because they're not gonna do your idea anyway. So therefore, mm. in the next meeting, they all shut up. When you go around the room and you say, hey, let's get everybody's input, they go, yeah, sure you do. We all know you're gonna do your own idea. So I think there, it, it, there's a way to do that, which is to incorporate a couple of, of the elements of what's around coming from around the room into your idea and say, hey, Sally, great idea that you had on this. I think what I'm going to do is take some of that and put it here when I do this. Mm. And Bob, phenomenal point that you just made. I'm glad that you brought it up. I'm going to use some of that over here in this part of the idea. And, and Susie, unbelievable that you mentioned that's something i completely forgot about so that you do build a consensus for the idea in the room because we. so, so
0: let do me things. so wait so let yeah. me ask you this one so let me ask you has this ever happened to you um because i know the last time i was at your studio i can't i know you have these you know your staff meetings and everything so you have your old team together and um here's a thing that used to happen to me more often and i'm curious if this happened to you uh, you know because we're in these positions as as leader ceo boss whatever term you want to use i would have an idea and i would share an idea and then everybody would be like oh yeah that's great and nod and they they'd pretend like it's the greatest idea and then later whether we would do it and maybe it wouldn't work or a few hours later I, I'd be talking about it or wanting to talk about executing it and then someone will be like, Um, yeah, that probably wasn't a great idea and I'd get so pissed because I'm like, Why did you all in the meeting make me feel like this was a great idea? Have you ever
1: had that happen? Oh, where- I, have, absolutely. Because- <laughs> I, I have it all the time. It's kind of the yes men theory, right? Yes, and, um, yes. You know, for everyone around the room, you can imagine Donald Trump you know, and working for him because that mindset of, you know, you can't imagine ever going up against that guy, right. With his huge personality, his huge ego. Could you ever imagine saying to him? Yeah, that's a, that's a very bad idea. You know, president, Right. President, right, right. you would be lambasted. So yes, that there's no question that that's going to happen. People are going to be afraid. They'll say it at the water cooler, but they won't say it in the conference room. You can even address that in the next meeting to go now guys and girls, I don't <laughs> want this to be a bad idea in 15 minutes at the water cooler. Let's, Right. Flush this out. So let's go around the room and give me some of the. We know what the pros are. We all agreed on that. Give me some of the cons, okay? Mm. And try to get the cons out of them, and then board those up and talk about them. Put them. And by the way, there may be some valid cons that you. Oh my God, that's something I would even think about. So, without so, a doubt, it's you know. Yeah. So Jim, you're how,
0: how old are you now? I'm 58. Mm-hmm. So. You go build this car dealership, exit, build this digital marketing, bring your family in, turn it over to them, they take it, blow it up. Now you come back around. You you've stepped back from that, uh, which is tough to do for a lot of people, particularly in the family-owned business, right? So you were sure. successfully able to, to steer clear of that, and um, now you're sitting around in, in your gated community. I'm, I'm, I looked this place up <laughs> on the uh, on the internet uh, while do. we were talking. I, I don't, I don't know if you're pajamas. in the. Look, right. I don't know if you're in the four thousand. It says it ranges from four thousand <laughs> square feet to sixteen thousand. I should have never feet.
1: mentioned that. I don't. I that don't know where you sliding. are now, but yeah, listen.
0: I don't know you. Listen, trust me. You only said it because it's gated and nobody can roll in there. Because trust me, you wouldn't have <laughs> I said you, that it. That
1: was the community I wanted to live in.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but you wouldn't have said it when uh, if if somebody could have just rolled up to your house, but. Now I lose, I got I lost my
1: train of thought. <laughs> I, I see where you're going. Was how did I, how did I end up with the network? And, and oh yes, yes. The yes. So,
0: from. Yeah, so yeah, so there you go. Oh, thank, thank you. Oh. That's that's a good. uh That's a, you're a good host. You can pick that. up. You're a good host also. So yeah. so yeah. Now you're like okay. I'm 50. I'm whatever because you've had the yeah. network for 10 years or so now. I think yeah. uh, close to it. So <laughs> you're like all right. I'm not dead. I'm not dying. W- so, what am I yeah, going to so go dude, do now? Let, let me go do another startup.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know. I'm, like, I'm a startup junkie. In fact, my wife <laughs> will tell you that I get bored with things. And a lot of entrepreneurs listening are the same as can relate yes. to this. You get bored. You know, once are looking for angles. Once you've opened up the ice cream shop, and yes. you see people in there, and you see yes. and your workers dipping the ice cream in the register, You're like, okay, I'm, I'm bored with this now. I, yes. I've accomplished it. People buy ice cream from us, and and they love it. And I got to move on. You know what, what? Like like you said, you know, well, I want to open up. By the way, you're opening now. I'm hungry as hell because you talked about Subway and pizzas <laughs> and ice cream. And I'm, so that's so all I can think about. It. But that's exactly right. We all get bored with that. That's okay. By the way, you know, you yeah. need that as an entrepreneur. But what's the next thing? Is it another store? Is it another uh, food? Is it another product? So in this case, and I think this is, this might be the pearl in this discussion and that uh, if there haven't been a couple already. But what I think is cool about this is when cause where we're going with how did you get into you know, broadcasting? By the way, I might want, I might want to tell you this. I, I got into the car business and knew nothing about the car business. Okay, I, I didn't know any, I didn't know cars. I didn't know trim levels. I didn't know anything about it, I didn't know anything about it, got into it, did well in it because I, I had a lot of energy and, and a lot of uh, perseverance. Um, got into, uh, you know, from there, got into the marketing company. I didn't. I knew how to market for my own dealership, did not know how to do it for others, learned a yeah. lot, but but when I got that first client, I didn't know what a media buy or how to do a media buy. That was done for mm-hmm. me, you know, before. So my point about this is I didn't know about any of the things I got into, just like some of the business owners out there that want to open up a business. And somebody says to you, well, what do you know about that? Okay. Have you ever done that before? Okay. Well, (laughs) you know, Steve Jobs never had a model of an iPhone before. Okay. So, so, you know, Bill Gates never had a Microsoft to look at before. You know, the whole idea, the whole notion that you had to have done this before is absolutely BS. Do not listen to that. As soon as you hang your shingle out that says, I'm an advertising agency or whatever, okay, from that day on, that's what you are and you're in business. So you might not be a great one at first, as many people will learn along the way, but don't think that the, that the past has to equal the future. The past is not have to equal the future, okay? You could be a dentist one day and a real estate developer the next day and uh, or anything you know, in between there. So, so to, to kind of a long way go into this with a long tail here, um, how did I get into to, to broadcasting? Because I was in the automotive industry and I was in the marketing industry, I said, hey, how is it that we can, we do great commercials for our clients? How do we get those commercials on some kind of a platform to reach car dealers? So I went and I looked around and I'm like, there's nothing. at. Oh, my God, there's no news source. There's no news training information specifically for car dealers. Meanwhile, there's 18,000 car dealers that employ 1.1 million people. Well, who is their media platform? So we found quickly there isn't one. The only thing closest is a thing called Automotive News, which does a great job. They've been around 100 years. But but I looked at their rate card and they said, yeah, 80 percent of our viewers and our the people that consume our news work for the manufacturers, not for the dealers. OK, so you look right. at their news, and you go, oh, well, no wonder all of this news is great if you're building the cars, not selling the cars. OK, and right. other dealers agreed with me on that. Plus, they didn't. They have a very, very limited video. Well, video drives everything now. Nobody wants to sit and read the freaking article of of a thousand words. They want it to be delivered to them by some, you know, great people with great attitudes and, and what have you. And uh, and that's really what drives the internet. So I said, wait a minute. But we have the we have the know how in terms of the video because we do commercials all the time. And there's a right. huge need. So everybody I talked to, I said, hey, I want to launch a thing called CBT News. It stands for Car Biz Today News and deliver news and information and bring on trainers and book authors and consultants and, and business people to talk to dealers on how to drive their bottom line and how to hire better, how to how to uh, market better, how to bring more cars in, how to do used cars, right? The whole thing, that's the platform mm. that we're all about. You know what everyone told me? Oh, yep. uh, if that was so good, how come it hasn't been done already? Oh, that, mm. that's, the, that's the best statement. The other thing I heard was, how are you going to go up against a 100-year-old company that has all of the big advertisers out there? Okay, a good right. friend of mine worked at Automotive News. He was my sales rep, and I told him the idea. And he goes, yeah, you won't last 120 days, okay, mm. up against Automotive News. Who's going to go with you? We have Cox Automotive. We have Cars.com. We have Auto AutoTrader. We have we have all the big names. There's no way in hell that they would ever go with CBT News. Okay. Well, today I'm happy to report that individual was fired six years ago. Okay. <laughs> guess who has Cox Automotive and Cars.com and Car Guru and, and, and Cox Automotive and all of the big brands. Okay. Right. And a lot of those brands came to CBT News because they left automotive news. So you can imagine right. that conference room, right? How did this How did this guy <laughs> that came into our industry show us how to do a platform better than we've been doing it for a hundred years? Okay, right. And the uh, way anyway, they haven't changed their model much, which I hope they don't. I hope they're not listening to this because <laughs> our special sauce is that there are there's a plethora of in depth interviews with dealers and and and, uh, and all on video. Obviously, you're on as well as, as one of yep. our leading stars on the network and everybody watches your shows and your content and we thank you for that but that's what it's all about and uh, we and then, and then so, so, so you do that right so you start climbing
0: that mountain then you go okay now I want to leave that because right now you so great your big fish small pond as they say right um, in that segment of that industry. Now you go. You know what? We're in Atlanta. Uh, I, I think there's another opportunity here. We have our we have this network. Now all of a sudden, you launched the Atlanta Small Business Network. Tell me very quickly, and then we're going to pivot to uh, to our yep. a couple. So of the segments. Atlanta
1: Small Business Network came out of the fact that about half of the day, our studio that we built, which is that you've been, you've been in it. It's a full TV studio mm-hmm. with four cameras and a control booth and everything else. By the way, folks, I had no idea about any of this kind of stuff. I just hired <laughs> people that did. I hired people from news stations and such and said, you got to see the vision with me, but I don't even know how to turn one of these cameras on. Okay, right, so, right. Uh, and I think you probably know that, Corey, because I'm looking around <laughs> like I can help when I'm in there. But, uh, but nevertheless, I, I, we Bridget and I would go, walk by the, who's my partner, uh, would walk by, and my wife, I might add, but um, yeah. we walk by the studio, look in and go, oh my God, nobody's in there. What? How come half of the day, the studio's not being used? We got this, mm. you, know, beautiful, uh, you know, couple of hundred thousand dollars in studio equipment, nobody's using it. So I said, all right, right Rich, we got to come up with another platform that we can do exactly what we're doing with CBT News, but to another uh, market. So yeah. here's what we figured. We're small business people and we're headquartered in Atlanta. We looked around, there's nothing that serves the small business community in any way in Atlanta. Well, actually there isn't in other cities either. So we said, oh my God, this is exactly the same scenario that CBT had. It had a tremendous amount of people that wanted to reach car dealers, but couldn't do that, you know, with their services because there wasn't a platform to do it. Same thing here. A lot of businesses, every bank, every software company, every payroll company wants to reach small business owners, but there isn't a platform for it. So we built ASBN, stands for Atlanta Small Business Network. And uh, today we do the exact same thing for CBT on the ASBN platform. So Bridget said, how are we going to get, you know, how are we going to get people to go on? So I said, well, let's produce a TV show. She's looking at me crazy on you. Okay, you have completely lost it. What do we know about a TV show? <laughs> We've never been on TV. I'm like, look, let's, let's just put together a 30 minute TV show and pitch it to a, sta- a local station. Those guys and girls are dying for good content because you know, uh, digital is killing TV. However, people still tune into TV, right? So mm. we did, we, we put together a, a really killer show, a, a pilot show, we met with them. CBS 46 in Atlanta. They said, "Oh my God, we love it! All of our, com- for the majority of our customers, they're all sm- small business owners—from chiropractors to attorneys, to car dealerships, you name it—all small business. So to have a show that dedicates itself to helping small business owners grow, this is perfect. Oh, and by the way, it's not going to cost the station anything. All we want is the one half hour uh, at-, at free. You give us the half hour, we give you the content that you can right. sell ads." Around- if, you, if you'd like. And they said, done deal. So a year ago, a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago, we inked that deal with CBS Affiliate here in Atlanta, the number ninth market in the, in the marketplace, the, the, the number two uh, station in the market. They do a phenomenal job. And every Saturday and Sunday morning in Atlanta, you can go on and watch the Atlanta Small Business Show with your hosts Jim Fitzpatrick and Bridget Fitzpatrick, who are not just right. show hosts, but they're also entrepreneurs in Atlanta. So we know phenomenal. this stuff. It's going to what we do, and we feature small business owners throughout the whole show. We have five different segments. Every segment is dedicated to featuring another small business owner. So, you um, gonna answer all the questions, bring in the specialists, bring in the book authors, bring in the consultants, and that's what the show and the network is all about. Anybody listening can go to myasbn.com and check out our content, and our TV show is on there as well.
0: So, uh, and, and that's phenomenal. And everybody needs to check that out. And also when you're on there, type in Corey Mosley so you can see all my segments. But right. I I want to, uh, and so I want to ask you, we're, we're, we're on to our next segment now. Craziest entrepreneurship moment. Is there something that you can think about that was just a crazy moment where you, something happened or a situation and, you know, at the end of it, you were like, wow, that was insane. Is there a craziest entrepreneurship moment that you can think about? Um, that you can share with everybody.
1: Yeah, the, you know it's it's funny there, there are so many but I but I think I'm going to bring it home here because everybody can relate especially the times that we're in right now and I would say when covid hit in the middle Mar- middle part of march every small mm. business owner sat there, you know, on the end of their bed going, "Oh my god, what has just happened? I don't know if I have the financial wherewithal to even go you know, out of business a week, let alone maybe for six weeks or longer, right? And you all know what I'm talking about to go, oh my gosh, unless I sell PPE, uh, I'm in trouble. You know what I mean? So Mm. a lot of companies, a lot of small business owners had to pivot. We were in a very similar situation. We had a number of advertisers call and say, hey, take our advertising and hit pause. Now we're sponsored by advertising up until that point. And we said, oh my God, we have a staff of 12 people here. What are we gonna do? Our other company Force marketing was greatly affected because car sales weren't being, you know, weren't happening as well. We were freaking out. As many small business owners that are listening were doing the same thing. You did right. not know what tomorrow will bring. And each day, it seemed to get a little worse, not a little better, right? So it really had you up at night thinking, what am I gonna do, do I borrow? Do I put my money into it? Do I lock the door and walk away? Do I file right. a be? What do I do? So lo and behold, this is this is kind of crazy because what we found out was A, things didn't weren't as bad as we thought. They never are. Okay. Ninety percent right. of what we worry about never comes to fruition, as we've all heard, right? Um as my father says, Yeah, but that ten percent can kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, nevertheless, what we learned, we learned a lot about ourselves as a company, and well here's what we did. We said, Look, let's lean in on this. This is a time that automobile dealers need all the information they can get about COVID. How do we run our right. dealerships? How do we run our service departments? What do we do with our people? How do we lay them off? What about the PPP program? Do I qualify for it? How do I pay it back? We, we, we addressed all of these issues. So we went from doing two shows a day to six shows a day. Okay. Mm. And we blew it out of the water. Our staff was looking at us cross-eyed going, Oh my God, COVID hit. And you just quadrupled our work. I said, guys, you can either do this, or we're gonna be out of business and you're not right. gonna have a paycheck. What, would you, right. what route would you like to go? Well, they all said, hands down, no, we got, let's do this, let's own it. Right. So right. Um, lo and behold, you know, we, we had more discussions and we said, well, what does this look like if we don't have any advertisers? What, what would support us? So we mm. looked around and we said, well, subscri- subscribers, is this worth 44 cents a day to a dealer or to a manager to get this much content to help them run their dealerships better? Really, 44 cents a day? You can't get a cup of coffee for forty-four cents a day, and we're going to give right. you the best printers and book authors in the in the country as as consultants. Okay, and um, uh, guys like uh, Corey Mosley. <laughs> So yeah. we, we put it together and we said, you know what, this is probably the perfect opportunity for us to go uh, into a subscription model. So we did, we moved the, 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 everything behind a paywall. It was, it was, it was a very, you know, chancy move, but we did it. We said, Oh, this really might cost us. Are people willing to, you know, give us $160 a year or 1750 a month to subscribe to this content? We, we really didn't know. It, it was right. really a huge leap of faith. Mm. Lo and behold, Lo and behold, we end up selling a, a huge amount in the first 30 days. I mean, it was nice. like, think my, my wife has an app on her phone that every time somebody buys a, a subscription, yep. phone dings and goes, here's who bought the subscription, here's how much they right, paid, right. monthly or whatever. Throughout yep. the day, ding, 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 we're going, <laughs> oh my God. Because what we didn't realize was that this was a valuable platform for everyone in the retail yep. auto industry. So a funny story. We did that. And lo and behold, guess who comes calling back? The advertisers that we lost during COVID came. We want to get back on your platform. And not only do we want to come back, <laughs> we want to come back bigger than we ever were before. So it was, you know, you asked me of the craziest time, that, that would I think be the defining moment. As we look back now, we go, Oh my God, if that had never happened, we would have never gone to subscription. Yep. Now, Business people out there, our goal with CBT is to get seven and a half percent of the one million people that work inside of car dealerships. Just seven point five percent, okay, of the of the million people. That works out to just about three people per dealership out of the eighteen thousand dealers. So take take uh, seventy five thousand people and times it by a hundred and sixty dollars a year, and tell me what you got. Well, it comes out to about twelve million dollars in subscription fees. And I tell you that not to impress you, but to impress upon you that what you see as a real downturn and a real obstacle could be yeah. the greatest thing that ever happened to you your
0: life. Yeah, that's, I mean, FES, Fearless Entrepreneurship Society was born out of that. And, you know, it's it's just caught fire in a way that we couldn't imagine. All right, we're at the point, we're winding down here. So I'm going to do some rapid fire. This is our rapid fire section, okay? So it's an opportunity to give our listeners some insights in just the, how you tick and your preferences as an entrepreneur. So all you're going to do, you're going to give me, we're going to rapid fire through nine questions. You're going to give me those answers. First thing that comes to your mind from that multiple choice and then i'm going to give you the opportunity to be in the hall of fame of trivia people on our show all right yeah so we're gonna start we're gonna start with rapid fire all right number one pc or mac
1: uh funny you should say this um i am a pc person but i but i also have a mac so i, I kind of go back and forth all right favorite credit card for small business I, we, we put everything on the American Express uh, uh, platinum card. I, I, I think only because we're addicted to it over the years and we like the points. I don't know that it's the best deal out there.
0: You know, this it's was, you know, this was rapid fire. I said rapid fire. Next oh, question <laughs> physical sorry. plan. You got to row. You got to, hey, folks, you got to rally. You got to corral these two in. <laughs> Number three. I told you that, ATD. <laughs> physical planner or digital planner? Digital planner. Favorite software right now to manage your business?
1: Uh, I, you know, I, this is an area that I don't I don't manage, but I, w- I would just say QuickBooks. They are okay. incredible. Starbucks, Dunkin or other. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Duncan. Thank you card or thank you email. Yeah, it's really a great question. Thank, thank you. Email. I, I'm lazy, but I love to get thank you cards. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'll make a note. Of that. A OK, card.
0: rapid fire. When it comes to learning. Uh, and and learning information, hardcover book, tablet, or audiobook. Audiobook. What's your next big goal?
1: Uh, to achieve seventy-five thousand subscribers right subscribers. now. Got gotcha. <laughs> CBT News. Um, Final but, question. But
0: that's- so that's good. No, that's a good one. Final question. One day with any mentor, who would that be? That would be Tony Robbins. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, so Tony Robbins, right, we're putting that energy out there for you. All right, now, trivia question, okay? So you've got multiple choice. We, we've made it easier over the years uh, doing the show on our on our guests, right? So I'm going to ask you this trivia question, and we're going to see how you do. Are you ready?
1: I, I, I hope I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My wife right. would kill us. A- I'm not good at this stuff, but go ahead. Here we go. Here we go. So, who, by the way, I'm still so going to get you back when I'm interviewing you, but go.
0: <laughs> who, said, who said the following? Goals are, are like magnets. Goals are like magnets. They'll attract the things that make them come true. Here are your choices. A, Bill Gates. B, Walt Disney. Or C, Tony Robbins. Oh, you got me on that one. I'm I'm gonna. <laughs> I like the way you threw the Tony Robbins in
1: there. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say Walt Disney.
0: Walt Disney B is that your final answer? Yes. You should have took my lead on this uh, here. Ah, the correct, correct answer was C. Tony
1: Robbins. Uh, you know, <laughs> I went to a Tony Robbins trivia question and trying to. get I it know. To I you. love it. I, I love the guy. I think he's awesome. He gets me going every morning. So, by the way, so does Mel Robbins. You know, Wayne okay. Dyer. I'm a big listener too. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Well
0: <laughs> listen, that that's good. Okay. So don't feel bad. Most people get it wrong, but I'll give you another shot somewhere in the next year to get back in the Hall of Fame. Jim, <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Real quick, give everybody the uh the website addresses uh quickly about how to yeah, sure. tune into your content and your shows.
1: Sure. For uh, business owners, I would encourage you to go to myASBN.com, which is Atlanta Small Business Show. Uh, that's myASBN.com. Search around. That happens to be free right now. We may go to a subscription one day, but, you know, enjoy all the content. It's got uh, so many great consultants and specialists in- that can help you to grow your small business. And, of course, the other one is CBTnews.com. There is still some free content on there, so have some fun with it. And, uh, and I, uh, thank you so much, Corey, for inviting me. I, I, I love this kind of format. You do an incredible job. You're an inspiration to so many entrepreneurs that are out there because you. you've actually lived it. You're one of those consultants and, and trainers and speakers that, that, you know, you walk the walk and, and, uh, you're kind of where the rubber meets the road. And so many people look up to you and you're inspiring. So keep doing what you're doing, man. We'd love it. I really appreciate that, Jim. Thank you for joining the show today. Great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As I close out
0: today's episode, I'm asking that you subscribe to this podcast so you can get the latest episodes as soon as they are released. Also, if you like what you're hearing, leave a review. If you don't, just keep it to yourself. And if you've heard something today that can help someone you know, then I encourage you to share it. Finally, if you are a business owner that is ready to become a fearless entrepreneur, then head over to my website, fearlesswithcorey.com to learn more about the most comprehensive, business growth support system for entrepreneurs on the planet. I'm Corey Mosley, and this has been another episode of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.